Good evening, Newark family, and welcome back once again to our Wednesday night live broadcast. We're excited to have you here with us tonight as we do our Bible study. And tonight, um, my wife, Pastor Rachel, is going to join us, and she can go ahead and turn on her video. And she is going to be doing tonight's live Bible study. This week, we're doing a theme of self-care. And so she has the pleasure of introducing a new topic tonight, and we are going to talk about laughter something that many of you know Rachel is well acquainted with. And so at this time, Rachel, you're on mute. You're going to need to unmute yourself. At this time, Rachel can go ahead and take it away. And we welcome you to our live Wednesday night Bible study, July 15th, 2020, as Pastor Rachel Lugo is going to talk about self-care and the importance of laughter. Well, I really wish we were in person for this one. <laughs> Just... It's a whole lot more fun to laugh when you can see the people laughing with you. But I'm going to assume that you're laughing. Uh, I was real tempted to, to open my Facebook and have you here so I could kind of look at your threads every once in a while and see what you're saying. But I don't think I can do that and teach at the same time. But tonight we're going to talk about laughter. And I'm really excited about that. But before you can address laughter, you have to talk about the truth. So... Let me tell you the last 15 minutes of our truth before we get into this wonderful topic of laughter. Uh, tonight, one of my children was making dinner who I failed to give the time that dinner should be done. So they were doing something else at 20 minutes till we got started. And the rest of the evening is very full with church and then with meetings. And so we all ran together and I was barking orders, not laughing at all barking orders and we're getting dinner done and it's supposed to be shepherd's pie. And by the time we realized our dish was too small and we had to unceremoniously dump it into the other dish and then try and finish and sort of get the mashed potatoes on top. Uh, my kids were like, what is that? And so it was decided that we will not be having shepherd's pie tonight. We will having having something similar to shepherd soup or shepherd poop. Uh, we'll have to let you know on that, what it turns out to be. But in a little while, you'll hear the oven open and you'll hear somebody scraping a, a pan out of the oven and put it on the top to wait for later for us to see what our surprise meal will be. There's We could choose to be angry and upset and all grumpily eat our cereal, or we can laugh and make up funny names for our new dinner. So uh, after barking orders and then us all calming down, we've, we've decided to laugh about dinner. So I hope you can laugh with us. Uh, but before you can laugh about lots of things, you have to just look it in the eyeball for what it is. It's hard to laugh if it's fake. You have to be real to laugh. So I'm gonna pull up my screen here and we're gonna start off by reading a few scriptures about laughter. Laughter is very important to God. And if you didn't know that, then I hope that that's something you'll feel real confident about after this. So here we go. We're going to start off in Proverbs chapter 15, verse 13 in the New Living Translation. It says, a glad heart makes a happy face. A broken heart crushes the spirit. So everybody knows what a happy face looks like because we have lots of emojis to express our emotions in a world where we speak without tone through texting. 
So we know what a happy face is, and we have all the different little emojis for our happy faces. But scripture, before emojis were ever around, talks about a glad heart makes a happy face. And laughter is included in that. When our face and our body laughs, people know that something has made us happy or we think it's funny or we're glad. Proverbs 17, 22 in the New Living Translation says, a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit saps a person's strength. We're going to talk about that a little bit from a scientific point of view in a few minutes. I also wanted to read that same verse in the net. It says, a cheerful heart brings good healing, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. We also want to talk a little bit about how laughter can help a crushed spirit. All of us have times where we're crushed. Every one of us have times of pain and suffering and, and being crushed. Now, the Bible also says weep with those that weep and laugh with those that laugh. You don't go to some, somebody that's crushed and try to celebrate with them. But there are even times during crushing that we can laugh. Some of that comes with just looking at the situation and making the choice to laugh. And Proverbs talks about that. Psalms 98 verse 4 says, shout out praises to the Lord, all the earth, break out in a joyful shout and sing. In the King James Version, it says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all the earth, make a loud noise and rejoice and sing praise. Psalms 100 verse 2 says, worship the Lord with gladness, come before him singing with joy. God enjoys our laughter and even wants laughter, gladness, cheerfulness, joy to be a part of our praise. Now, if someone came into one of our services and we were all praising the Lord and singing songs and then just laughing, they would probably leave. <laughs> they may think that we were a little nuts. So how do you praise and worship cheerfully with joy, with laughter? all of these things in scripture, um, it's hard to sing about the goodness of God with a frown. You know, it's hard to share your testimony with a frown. You might even cry when you're sharing your testimony, but the smile is present. The joy is present. Um, there are times when I've been worshiping with my family and, and my children and in church, and I have laughed and I have felt such a, a joy that I do laugh. So laughter is part, can be part of our worship. Laughter in our, our worship of community is big and God enjoys it. He wants us to be cheerful. He even says that when we give, we should be cheerful givers. So another time to laugh during worship is when you're giving your offering, smiling and laughing as we give to the Lord. Laughter is really important. It is a gift from God. Can you imagine a life without laughter? I can't. I can't even fathom a life with no laughter. How horrible that would be. And God gave us laughter as a gift. So we're going to talk a little bit about what laughter does for us. Okay, so if, if scripture tells us we should laugh, if God speaks to us clearly about laughter and how it's beneficial, like medicine, it has healing powers, that laughter is good for us, so good for us that God even enjoys it in times of praise and worship, what does science have to say about it? Science has been a little slow to catch up, but in the last, last few years, uh, there have been significant studies done on laughter. 
and how beneficial it is. So I'm going to read to you a few things from the Mayo Clinic that they say laugh. Science says laughter does. The Mayo Clinic says that laughter stimulates your organs, many of your organs. It enhances your intake of oxygen-rich air. It stimulates your heart, your lungs, and muscles, and it increases the endorphins that are positive endorphins that are released by your brain. Laughter also activates and relieves your stress response. A rollicking laugh, as they pose it, fires up and then cools down your stress response, and it can increase and then decrease your heart rate and blood pressure, and you feel relaxed. Laughter is actually a key component in lowering your blood pressure. It's amazing. I have a friend um, that's around my parents' age, and he laughs all the time. My, my mother laughs all the time. We'll get to her later. My, but my friend, he laughs all the time. He, big Santa Claus belly laugh. And he eats just red meat. I think he would live on the red meat and nothing else. And for years, we said, oh, that's going to kill you. And it hasn't. Um, and and he has, he has good health, and he has his great... Um, his blood pressure started going up a little bit, but then it goes back down, but he laughs all the time. Uh, he laughs whether the situation's good or bad. And laughter isn't the only factor. Of course, genetics have a, a lot to do with that. But laughter, I believe, has, has kept him. It, has, it, has, it keeps his blood pressure down with all that horrible stuff that he eats. Uh, laughter also soothes tension. It stimulates circulation and aids in muscle relaxation both of which can help reduce some of the physical symptoms of stress. Those are the immediate things. The Mayo Clinic says that laughter does. There's also some long-term effects. It can improve your immune system. Negative thoughts and stress releases a chemical reaction in your body. Um, endorphins, and I have the name later in, our, later in my notes, it releases negative endorphins into your body that um, cause your immune system to, to decrease, to weaken. But laughter, cheerfulness, joy actually releases what they call neuro, neuropeptides. Neuropeptides, I'm trying to say that right. That help fight stress and potentially more serious illnesses. There have been multiple studies done, including the Mayo Clinic, that says laughter helps relieve pain. It causes the body to produce its own natural painkillers that people that laugh a lot can have the same illness as someone that doesn't. And they require, most of the time, require less pain medication than the person that doesn't laugh because the laughter releases uh, chemicals in your body that are considered natural painkillers and experience less pain. You um, have an increase in personal satisfaction. It can make you make it easier for you to cope with difficult situations. It also helps you connect with other people and build personal relationships. It improves your mood. Many people that experience depression, many times due to chronic illnesses, if they can have laughter in there as part of their life, even if it's forced laughter, even if they're making themselves laugh, I mean, I don't know if you've ever been like, oh, oh, just try to make yourself laugh. And then you, you naturally laugh. So we're gonna do an experiment right here on forced laughter. I cannot see you, but I'm hoping that you're with me. I want you to fake laugh. I want you, on the count of three, we're all gonna fake laugh and see if it makes you really laugh, okay? Your biggest, baddest fake laugh. Are you ready? 
One, two, three. <laughs> so if you notice your body does the same thing that you do when you really laugh, you can actually trick your body. Now you can't tickle yourself and make yourself like if someone else is tickling you, your, your brain won't let you do that. But it's been scientifically proven that when you fake laugh, it does the same thing to your body as when you really laugh. And many times it causes you to really laugh. So you can fake laugh yourself into laughing to help fight depression and, and anxiety and make you feel better. Now we're gonna go to some studies done by Newport Academy. It, um, laughing can affect you psychologically and physically, which we've been talking about. But a researcher, Barbara Fredrickson, calls a micro, says that laughter causes a micro moment of positive connection when you laugh with other people. And positive, it's a positive, authentic connection that we need for mental health. As humans, we are created to connect with other humans, to connect with God. It creates these connections. And so Laughter is one of the things that when you when you meet somebody, even if it's for the first time, you will tend to remember them or feel a little bit of connection to them if you laugh with them. And most, much of our society uh, doesn't meet strangers in the grocery store anymore and, and laugh with them and talk about just random stuff. It used to happen more often, but we're losing laughter. And this study said that you, you have a connection that actually increases your own happiness and your sense of being connected to other people when you laugh with them, even if you don't know each other. Uh, research done by Raymond Mora Repol, um, the medical scientific director of a really long name in Spain, um, showed that laughter releases physical and emotional tension. It elevates mood as we talked and it enhances cognitive function and increases friendliness. Uh, we're gonna talk a little bit more about the cognitive function, but a lot of studies show that when you laugh, you actually think clearer and you're more creative. So if you have a big project that needs to get done, uh, something you have to be creative or you really have to just bring all of your focus to, it's good to take time before that and laugh. Find something that makes you laugh and spend some time laughing. It clears your head. Your cognitive function is sharper and you will be more creative. There are some studies I want to read to you that I found fascinating by this, this, same, uh, this same doctor. Similarly, a study of female college students showed that both humor and exercise reduced psychological distress and increased well-being. However, humor lowered the student's anxiety more than exercise did. So here we go, Sister Leela. Bodily exercise does profit. We all need some exercise. But laughter actually affects us mentally and our well-being more than exercise. When I'm having a gloomy, you know, crud-mudgeony day and I'm just, the world is terrible and it's all going to do it. Desi looks at me and he's like, hey, babe, let's take a walk. Because <laughs> he knows when we're done with that walk, two things have happened. I have exercised and it makes me feel better. And I've been able to talk. I talk his ear off when we walk. And so I feel more connected and I feel energized and it helps me on my, my rougher days when I'm feeling really gloomy. And so, but this says that laughter even does more for your sense of well-being than exercise. In another study of undergraduates, researchers exposed participants to depression-inducing stimuli. They gave them something that would make them feel depressed. It just really 
lower everything they feel terrible. Next, they played them either humorous or non-humorous audio to listen to. And they found that humor reduced the levels of depression more quickly. So we, we can see that if we have bad days, we have low days, we have depression, we can fight that, we can push back with laughter. And you might say, well, I don't know, nothing's funny and I don't wanna laugh and there's nothing to laugh about, but we'll get to that, that we can make a plan. Next, a study of 95 male college students and 125 female students found that having a good sense of humor directly mitigates depression. Now, all of us are not born with the same sense of humor, and some of us might have even be accused of having a bad sense of humor, or we're not, we're more melancholy. I have very melancholy days, but we're, we're more melancholy. But that doesn't mean we can't laugh. It just means we might have to make a better plan than some people. Next, university students participated in a laboratory study on humor and anxiety. Specifically, students were falsely led to believe that they would receive a shock in 12 minutes. They know, they don't know how bad the shock is going to be, but they know they're going to get shocked in 12 minutes. That would stress me out because you can watch the clock and wait for it to come. While waiting, they either listen to a humorous tape, a non-humorous audio, or no audio. Subjects who listened to the humorous audio rated themselves as less anxious and reported less increase in stress as the shock approached. And a 2011 study examined a group of people's reactions to funhouse mirror images of themselves. Have you ever stood in one in front of one of those? I mean, if you have a bad self-esteem, just make it worse. But they found that people that could laugh at themselves when they look at their image in those funhouse mirrors, um, they had fewer signs of negative emotions. People that could just laugh at themselves. And then our next information is all coming from Psychology Today in an article called Happily Ever After. This is fascinating. Laughing in response to something funny calls on more sophisticated brain function. So everybody, I'm, I'm gonna make an assumption here that everybody has heard of left, your left brain, your right brain, and what the left brain does and how the right brain's used. And it's usually one side or the other for the most part. This study proved that when, when they looked at humor, uh, the electrical activity that occurs as we chuckle giggle or just laugh out loud about four tenths of a second after we hear the punchline of a joke or whatever's making see something that makes us laugh about four tenths of a second after that a wave of electricity sweeps through the cortex uh, dr peter dirks a professor of psychology at the college of william and mary he said this in a study what he found most significant about this study is that this wave is that it carpets the entire cerebral cortex, not just one region. So about just a, a second, not even a second after we, right before we laugh, an electrical wave goes over the entire cerebral cortex and it affects the entire brain. So all or most of our higher brain may play a role in laughter. It says perhaps with the left hemisphere could be working for one part to make you laugh, to process, and the other side could be doing something, but it's, it's working together. Uh, and it shows that laughter 
laughter, it not only is it important, but it's a, it's a brain-wide systematic thing that happens, which is fascinating um, for study of the brain and study of laughter. So there have um, two people, Lee Burke and Stanley Tan, have, they're from the Loma Linda School of Medicine in Loma Linda, California. They have focused in, they're scientists that have focused in on laughter and how it affects health. That's been their focus of study for the last, I don't know how many years, but they've, they've really been the people that have, have kind of forged the way in this, this scientific field. And they have found that laughter sharpens most of the instruments in our immune systems toolkit. It activates T lymphocytes and natural killer cells, both of which help destroy invading microorganisms. Laughter also increases production of immunity boosting gamma interferon and speeds up the production of new immune cells. It reduces levels of stress, the stress hormone cortisol, that's the word I couldn't remember earlier, which can weaken the immune response. So laughter builds and strengthens your immune system. One of the other scientists in this study found out, the commented, and they, it was a big research, this really kind of hit me right between the eyes, that by the time the average kid reaches kindergarten, he or she is laughing some 300 times each day. Compare that to the typical adult who laughs about 17 times a day. And I promise you some days I don't laugh that much. That is huge. That when we go from a child to adulthood, we go from laughing 300 times a day to 17 times a day. I'm gonna share with you, I'm gonna share my screen and I have a little video to share with you when I can pull it up. Alrighty, I did that backwards, just bear with me. I pulled up the wrong thing first. First, I have to tell Zoom to share my screen. So here we go. I'm gonna share a little video with you. I think I'm gonna share, here we go. If you can't see this, I'm gonna ask Desi to let me know because I can hear him, but here we go. Yes, there is an issue around okay. how much and to what extent. All right, now I have to try to turn this off, guys. Because how schools can be reopened. You know, how, you know how Facebook does, it pops up the next best thing. Okay, so that's funny. That's funny to me. It may not be funny to you. I promise you, my husband did not laugh as much as I laughed during that because we all find different things funny. But 
children laugh. They laugh at the kind of the same things. And you can do things when they're babies and they just fall out and they laugh. And there's no, we don't even know scientifically how much that affects the positive growth and development. But, but their guards down. You can go, you can go on Facebook and Google laughing babies. And there's, there's just loads of videos of laughing babies. And I love it. It makes me laugh. Their guards down and they're laughing and everything's funny. But the older we get and the more burdens we carry and the more stress we have, when more walls we build up, we can't laugh. Some days we, we struggle to laugh because we're so weighted down by the things of life. And we, as we can lay those weights aside and we can choose to laugh, we can choose to let our guard down and allow someone to make us laugh. It does us so much good and it's so healthy. So let's go a little further. Um, there were patients in this same article, I'm still in the same article, when patients recovering from surgery at a Florida hospital were allowed to choose the humorous movies they saw they required less painkillers than a control group that saw no movies. So the reason I showed you that video was first, it's funny and watching kids laugh is funny and kids laugh more than adults. But the other reason is, is we all find different things funny. Different things strike us as funny. So if I'm trying to make, let's say I'm trying to make my husband laugh and I'm falling in the floor and he doesn't think it's funny. It doesn't do anything for him even though it's funny, because I know it's funny. And he's just standing there. You know, this is not funny. It doesn't do anything for him. And this study proves that. Um, it says that a third set of these patients, so you have your patients that picks their humorous movies, you have their patients that had no humorous movies, and then you had patients that were force-fed comedies that they might not have been to their liking. They didn't get to pick what they thought was funny. Those patients actually did worse than the patients that received no, no humorous stimulus at all. So it's important to know what makes us laugh. And the other thing is, is we should never laugh at the expense of others. Now there are, I wanna give you a caveat to that. We shouldn't tell jokes that are horrible to others. And you know these things. So I'm not telling you you don't know, but I'm going to go ahead and just cover the list. We, we don't tell jokes about others. We don't tell dirty jokes. We don't make, you know, stuff that's inappropriate or just the icky feeling because you might laugh in the moment, but the icky feeling is going to be left. So we're talking about pure laughter, clean, funny stuff. Now, there are people like my mother who laugh at everything. And there's some things they, they can't help it. My mother has laughed. I don't know anybody that laughs as much as my mother. I love it. She has taught me to laugh. Uh, she's taught our family to laugh. She laughs all the time. She laughs when she shouldn't laugh. She laughs at funerals. Uh, stuff catches her as funny as funerals. And when other people fall, she really laughs. And she doesn't mean to. And she feels really bad about it. Uh, and she can't help it. Um, she's had people tell them that she was trying to help that had fallen. She's trying to help them up. She's laughing so hard that to actually shoot her away and said, don't help me. I don't want your help because you're laughing. And she's, she feels true remorse. She can't help it. I'll share a story with you. I hold no grievance against my mother for this, but when I was a teenager, we were at our friend's house that had a, a ranch and we rode horses a lot over there. And we had three churches. Our church was invited to Pentecostal church and our, um, our neighboring, our 
their family uh, all attended different churches. So you had the Pentecostal church, you had some people from the Assemblies of God church, and then you had people from the Baptist church, and we're all there. And here I am, and there's this donkey with no saddle. And my friend says, Rachel, why don't you ride this donkey? nobody would ride the donkey. So I was like, well, sure, I'll ride the donkey. I ride horses all the time bareback. It's not a big deal. So I jump on this donkey. Everybody's out in this yard and the donkey won't move. The donkey will do nothing. I mean, he's typical stubborn donkey. And my friends walk slapping him on the rear and he won't move. He's not even hardly twitching. And so I said, well, this is dumb. I'm getting off this donkey. I'm not going to ride this donkey. And of course I'm in this skirt and so I went to slide. So I can't just jump off. I have to kind of slide off and get one foot down and pull the other one off. And as I began to slide, the donkey obviously felt the pressure getting off him and took off across the front yard. And I am halfway on this donkey and one leg is on top of the donkey. And I'm being drugged. I have one leg is back, the leg's on the ground. The other leg is up on the donkey. And the donkey... And all the rest of me is facing three churches. And I'm being drugged across this yard. And all I can think of when you ride a horse is you don't let go and just slide off. They're going to they're gonna step on you. And um, But I could do nothing. I couldn't get back up because of my skirt. And I, I didn't want to let go. So finally, after he had drugged me quite a ways, I let go. I was like, well, Jesus protect me. And I let go and I fall off under the ground. And I'm laid out. And the, the whole, all three churches are going, because nobody knew what to do. Uh, it looked like I had broken my leg because of the way it was back. I was doing the splits. And I'm laid out on the ground and I look over, I hear something. And my mother is sitting in the gravel driveway. She's fallen out in the gravel driveway. And she has tears are running down her face. And she is just, she can't hardly breathe. She's laughing so hard. And she laughs and laughs now. She was absolutely no use to me to help me. And she can't help it. So I, I, I understand that there are those in our communities that can't help themselves. So when I say don't laugh at the expense of others, we are going to give a little bit of a caveat to those that can't help themselves and um, just be honest about it. She's always been real honest about it. So be honest about it so people know. And then because we, uh, we have mercy on our brothers and sisters and we love one another, we will love you too if you have to laugh at us when we fall down the stairs. So laughter doeth good like medicine, but you have to know what makes you laugh. So I want to talk to a few minutes to you just for a few more minutes about how to keep laughter in your life. I'm 731. I'm running out of time, but first you have to figure out your humor profile. There are a few people that will, they're naturally just like my mother. They laugh all the time. They don't care what their humor profile is. Because if they don't think it's funny, they're like, nah, I've got other stuff to laugh about. Then there's some others of us that are a little more melancholy, or maybe we have some physical issues or pain. We've suffered and we have some weights in our life that we have to consciously think about laughter. And so it's important to figure out the humor in your life because you don't want to waste your time. Somebody says, this is so funny. And you watch it. And you're like, well, I guess I can't even laugh. I'm in such bad shape laughter isn't it? I've lost laughter well it's not true you just have to find your humor so listen to yourself for a few days and see what makes you laugh out loud hone in on that be honest with yourself it's okay if you don't think things are funny that other people think are funny um, just find out what makes it might be the three stooges that make you laugh it might be cat videos oh, I love cat videos it might be cat videos that make you laugh it might be your kids it might be uh, something else that makes you laugh. So 
I have here, and I can't see myself, so I don't know if you can see. I'm gonna put this in front of my face. This is one of my favorite comic books ever. I don't know if you can see it, but um, it's called We Were Here First, Baby Blues. This is the comic strip. And because my husband and I found out we were expecting our first child two months after we were married, we've had children in our life pretty much the whole time. And so this has been really fun. We've gotten into lots of humor about this one. When there was stress in our marriage, stress over being young marrieds and new parents, Desi bought me one of these comic books with every pregnancy and we would read it. That makes us both laugh because we were both suffering together. So we were laughing at someone that wrote about the type of suffering we felt we were enduring. I'm gonna share my screen one more time right as I finish. I think I have to share from, from Zoom. So here we go, I'm gonna share my screen one more time and I'm gonna show you pictures. This is a picture of how I laugh at myself. A messy kitchen is a happy kitchen and this kitchen is delirious. I've had multiple people buy me different signs like this, especially when my children were younger. My door was always open. People were always coming in and my kitchen was always a mess. And you can learn to laugh at yourself. Embrace your own issues, whether it's you're messy or you have a messy kitchen. And maybe you don't want to be messy. Maybe it's just the season of life you're in and your kids are constantly destroying whatever you do. Or you have a lot of neighbor kids or you have youth groups, you have people in your house and it's just a mess. Or maybe there's other things about you that I was embarrassed. It embarrassed me that my kitchen was that dirty. It embarrassed me thinking, oh, if my mother could only see this. I just had 10 people from church drop by and my kitchen's a mess. It would embarrass me, but I had to make a choice. Am I gonna laugh about my kitchen being dirty? Or am I gonna laugh or am I gonna be embarrassed and miserable? Now, I didn't always succeed. Sometimes I made the whole family miserable, um, especially my husband uh, when we had an event or something coming up trying to get it all done. But choosing to laugh at our issues, especially issues we can't change, make us um, can make our, our lives happier and better. There are things that make myself and my husband happy, not necessarily laugh. This was a gift from my husband. Um, Link represents him and Toadette is me. These are our favorite Nintendo characters and our frame got broken in one of our moves, but he made me this as a romantic gesture that makes me smile. Every time I see that smile, I giggle a little bit because I know that no matter how serious and no matter how grown up we have to be and no matter how mature we're supposed to pretend we are, we both really have some fun things that we like and they happen to be these two Nintendo characters. So I look at that and I laugh. My children make me laugh. This is a picture of Dinah on her first birthday. I had bought her an ice cream cone, which she um, got all over herself. I walked into Walmart and the guy stood out in front of me. They had the little photo thing and he said, do you want to, um, do you want to get a picture of your daughter? And I was like, oh, well, I can't really afford it. He's like, here's a coupon. You can get one $3.99, I think. I said, well, I can afford $3.99. So we went in and I made the mistake of, of holding her ice cream cone for her. She did not see it as such. And in the bottom left hand of this, that was her reaction. So all of her first year, one-year-old pictures have tears. And I love this picture because I obviously gave her her ice cream cone back. Um, Dinah cried a lot when she was little. And this represents a much of the first year of our life. She's a happy kid. She was happy later, but um, I think she just needed to be born talking. Uh, we weren't doing it right. We weren't, we weren't doing things correctly. Once she could tell us what she wanted, it got a lot better. My next favorite thing that makes me laugh, of course, in my family is 
I like these pictures. You know, most people put up nice portraits of their family and I have put up the terrible ones. I'm going to zoom in on this a little closer here. Kendall cried through these pictures. He was miserable. He was so angry because we wouldn't let him have his pacifier. No matter what we tried, he was he was angry at us during these pictures. And they're my favorite pictures because uh, my family's not perfect. My family, if you know us, we're not perfect. Um, there's lots of emotion. There's lots of drama. There's lots of fallout. And they show in our pictures and I walk by these and they make me laugh. Um, the other thing that makes me laugh and makes me smile is kissing pictures. Again, maybe it's because Desi and I had found out we were pregnant, you know, two months two months after we were married and uh, we haven't had hardly any time without company. And so this makes me smile. It makes me laugh. It makes me remember times when we were able to sneak away for the kids and somebody could snap a picture of us actually kissing without some kid, uh, one of our children, you know, jumping in the middle of it. My parents make me laugh. Everybody doesn't have that privilege, but I know if I'm really having a bad day, I can call and my mom or my dad are going to make me laugh. They're going to pick me up and we are going to laugh. My mom and dad make me laugh and, and my husband makes me laugh. And so I have those things that I know this is my plan. My mother-in-law had always made me laugh before she passed away. And just looking at pictures of her, I will laugh remembering the good times with her. Uh, there's a little sadness in there, but I remember and I will laugh because, because I, they're, they're good memories. And she always made me laugh. She laughed no matter what. She laughed whether it was good or bad or ugly. And and there's not a lot of people I, you know, because I've had a lot of people in my life that have done that. Everybody can't say that, that, that make you laugh. But so when I'm having a bad day, these are some of the things that I go to because I've learned, okay, Rachel, when you're having a bad day, what makes you laugh? And these are some of the things that make you laugh, me laugh. So what makes you laugh? And if you don't know, Build your own humor library, books, magazines, videos, cat videos, clips of people. There's plenty of clips of people. If you've fallen down, if people falling down makes you laugh, there is plenty of that out there. People are self-promoting their, their own failures and you can get a good laugh um, out of that. Even a few minutes of laughter will provide value to your life. And God's known that all along in his scripture. We see that we see all the scriptures I read to you that laughter bringing healing and laughter doing good things. And, and if, if laughter makes us feel closer to the people we're laughing with, then when we're praising and we're worshiping God and we can be cheerful and we smile and we laugh, wouldn't it do the same thing? Wouldn't it make us feel closer to God? All of our interactions with God shouldn't be us pouring out our woes and, and crying. There's nothing wrong with that. He wants to hear that, but he also wants to hear you laugh. He wants to hear you when you share something with him, funny that happened during the day, or you, you're sharing something, you know, just talking to him, share the funny stuff, share, laugh with him, and you'll feel closer to God as well. So that's the All end right. of my Bible study here. So thank you so much, Rachel, for sharing that. I'm not sure I'm thrilled about you sharing all those family pictures, but I am glad that you did this Bible study tonight. And we all need to laugh and we all need to learn to laugh and smile at things in our life that remind us of good things. And so, Sister Joyce, if you'll go ahead and come off of mute in the background, hopefully by now you've been submitting questions as we go along. And Sister Joyce should be joining us momentarily. 
to feed us questions from the live stream. If you're watching us live right now on Facebook or YouTube, if you have any burning questions for Rachel Lugo, now is the time to ask them. Now is the time to get all of your questions about laughter answered. As a resident expert, I'm sure we'll be able to answer any question that you throw at her. There may not be any questions. Well, there are a couple. Um, so There are a couple. Okay. Yes. What happens if nothing is funny? Mm. Well, God didn't create us for nothing to be funny. So I would say there are illnesses. There are things that we struggle with that can cause us to really, truly feel like nothing is funny. And I would say that's when you have to, you have to research and do a little, start looking for things that make you laugh. Look for things because there are even, um, even in moments of when people struggle with depression or other mental illness or physical illness that the pain is so much that laughter is not really an option. There are some better days, even though they may not be great days. And on those better days, when you can see a little light, um, look for things that make you laugh on the better days. Yeah. And to make your humor library on the better days. When you You're don't have to be very intentional, very intentional so that we have a day when there's nothing is funny. You can go back to you. There's already things that, you know, make you laugh good memories there are there's you know comic strips there are there are funny things there's a um our family really enjoys dry bar comedy which is through a company called the vid angel and for a very for a very limited small amount each month you can just access what they call dry bar comedy and it's clean comedy and there's there are probably over a hundred they're they're constantly adding to their collection of clean comedy from people all over the world. And so some of those people make me laugh and some of them make my husband laugh. And occasionally one of them will make us both laugh. <laughs> but um, those are the exceptional comedians if we're both laughing. Yes, but there are, so there are places you can go and even find clean comedy as yeah. well. It doesn't leave you with the need to repent after you watch it. So. Well, how do you respond to people saying that your laughter at something is inappropriate or wrong? Well, sometimes we do laugh at inappropriate things. I, I have. I, sometimes I don't mean to. Sometimes something horribly inappropriate happens and I'm like, ah, and I'm trying to, you know, you're trying to, and you're immediately, I mean, before the laughter's done, you're repenting. Um, like when your child falls off a runaway donkey at the middle of a church well, picnic? That doesn't bother me as bad um, as as because some people really do just just that stuff strikes them. As just funny. even saying that out loud doesn't that make you smile? How many people have stories out there about falling off a runaway donkey at a church picnic? Yeah, just, so just that, think through what I said: falling off a runaway donkey. I probably never got picnic. on that donkey in a in a skirt. It wasn't a yeah. full. There's, that's um, not exactly a common occurrence, huh? But. I think that we all have to fight the desire to tell inappropriate jokes. We just do. Um, whether it's, whether it uh, there, I'm not even going to go into it. There are so many different types of inappropriate jokes out there. Um, and we've probably all told inappropriate jokes at, at one time or another, especially if you've ever been a teenager. And so 
I, I think that we have to, there are some things that others feel are inappropriate that are not. I mean, I don't feel my mom laughing at me for falling off a donkey is inappropriate because I understand it's her nature. It, she, she means no ill will by it. And there's scripture that talks about that, that we have to, um, we have to give grace to our brothers and sister and allowances for their own, who they are. Um, but inappropriate jokes, we, we have to, sometimes somebody will say an inappropriate joke and I want to laugh because it's really funny, but I have to try and school my features. Or even sometimes I might laugh a little bit and say, you know what, that was inappropriate. If you're going to tell jokes like that, don't tell them around me anymore. Um, or if someone says, I want to tell you this joke, but it's just, it's a little off color. Um, we have to be bold enough to say, I don't want to hear it. No, thank you. Don't tell me. Um, you know, I don't tell it because you don't know who else may be listening and you don't want that stuck in your mind. Or if someone calls you on it and they point out to you that they feel something you're laughing at is inappropriate. Perhaps it's offensive to them, but it doesn't actually violate scripture and you find it amusing. And, and for whatever reason, perhaps their cultural background, they don't see it as funny. You don't lose anything by apologizing to that person and saying, you know what, I, I apologize. This strikes me as humorous. I was not intending to be offensive to you. And that's going to happen because it's, that's going to happen if you have any friends that are a different culture than you. Uh, when we were we were overseas in Australia, I, humor is very cultural. I said something when we were in Australia a few years ago. I, I thought it was hilarious. I mean, I was falling out. And our good friends, Frank and Viv, said, that it, is not it was, it was not funny to them. Uh, they were like, don't tell that joke. Don't say that. It wasn't even a joke. They're just like, don't say that. That is not funny here. You will really put people off. And I was like, oh. And you know what? I was so thankful for friends that would say that to me. Right, oh, right. They weren't. We'll keep you from. They weren't trying to chastise us. They were trying to make sure that. Right. Yeah. They, they, they recognized that we didn't realize we were stepping over some cultural boundary. Right. And so and that's going to happen if you, most of us have friends that are, you know, more than just our immediate family in our own little culture. So we want to be careful, but we need our friends to say, hey, that's, that's not going to work. That's offensive here because none of us know it all. And none of us are ever going to know it all. So we need our friends to protect us. They're not chastising us. They're protecting us. And so we need, we all need that. Well, it's good to be able to laugh at ourselves. So how can we learn to be better at that? That's good. Intentionality and practice. Um, I have a story. Um, dude, Desi and I had a lot of stress in our early, early marriage, uh, years of our marriage. And much of it was we were newly married. We were new parents. Could I be getting nervous right now? No, we had a lot of other stuff going on. I had a lot of health issues. My body does not like um, being pregnant Pregnancy. at all. No. So I was horribly sick for much of our, you know, much of our early years um, between pregnancy and then the, the amount of time it took me to recover. So um, we were heading home for Christmas to my parents, which we were really excited about. And we, we just, we didn't laugh a whole lot. You know, we just didn't I'm together. Uh, we had our older girls. We laughed with them. I laughed with them. He laughed with them. We laughed with our kids. But as a couple together, we didn't laugh a lot. There was just a lot of strain and stress. And we were getting ready to leave. And I got sick again with a, an infection. And so I had this. So you, you were, was it I, the infection or was it when you were pregnant with Dinah? It was I an infection. Remember. I would have done this if I was pregnant. Yeah. Um, 
I was, I had this infection and so I had out over-counter medication that helped with, um, helped with it. And I took it and didn't work. So I waited a few hours and I took it and didn't help relieve any pain. So I took some more. Um, and I was pretty desperate. I'd never done this before. I was really desperate because we had to fly out in about 24 hours. I had to get this pain under control and I took too much. And so I'm in the bathroom. My head is in the toilet. I'm vomiting. And Desi comes by and he is whistling. Normally he's real serious and he's right there helping me. And he starts whistling. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. And I'm literally. In Which was a gamble, by the way, for all of you young husbands out there. If your wife is it's violently <laughs> up chucking and vomiting in the bathroom. Well, that's a bit of a Russian roulette to walk by through, start whistling that, a happy tune. What, what came through in that moment, though, was his excitement. The excitement both of us felt about going to my parents for Christmas. And we were trying to fight this thing so that I could travel. And it struck me as funny. And I would throw up and I would laugh and I would throw up and I would laugh. And he was laughing and I was laughing. And it was, it was, I have seen that as a turning point, if not for him, for me in our marriage, where I realized that even in a really bad situation, we could laugh. And from then on, we began to learn and make a conscious effort to laugh, even if it's bad, to find things. He's still laugh. much better at it than I am. This, this is more Rachel than me. This may shock all of you, but I tend to be the more serious one in our relationship. But that was a bad situation where we, we learned a lot. And it may sound really terrible to some people. We learned a lot. And I learned, and it sticks with me, even when we enter a bad situation or a rough spot, we're both mad at each other, you know, that we need to intentionally laugh. How can we best explain nervous laughter? I've experienced that, so. Uh, some of the articles I read talked about nervous laughter. It didn't really explain it. It said that um, it actually, the, the, what the articles, which the science in this, you know, is still young, but what the article said is nervous laughter still is very beneficial because it relaxes you. So the nervous laughter is helping the stress and the tension. It's a coping mechanism that your body has produced for you to be able to relax a little bit, a bit and be able to cope with the situation in front of you. Um, I say a lot of times people that have really difficult situations to face, really hard things or super things make them very nervous will laugh. And it's the body's natural response to help them relax a little bit and actually mentally do what they have to do. That, that mentally it relieves enough stress that you can actually look what you have to do in the eyeballs and do it. Whereas it might have overwhelmed you before. That's, that's the little bit that I read on it. Well, that makes a lot of sense. I've experienced that at funerals. So, and I'm sitting there like, oh my gosh, why am I laughing? You know, so makes I've sense. Too. It's not the thing to do, but, um, but yeah. What is your take on if your spouse, <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know if that's a serious question. Oh my goodness. I'm going to skip that one. That's my husband. I'm, I'm, I'm allowed to do that. <laughs> You're allowed He's to laugh at your husband and on a live broadcast, censor him and say, no, Antoine, I'm not asking no, that question. Oh, we got muted. 
Joyce is correcting Antoine on mute in a live broadcast. <laughs> oh, yes, I will correct him. <laughs> I don't have any more questions, actually. So, well, that's I good. Well, he was trying I'll to plug one in. story I was really wanting to tell. Go ahead. Um, growing well, wait, up, I'm not sure I'm going not, ahead. Is this a Desi story? No, I was not. Okay, then you can go ahead and share. But it is one of my favorite stories. And if she, if the pastor's wife, I will not mention her name, I grew up under, if, um, if she hears this, I hope she enjoys it. It has given me much good humor and it has taught me some good things. But um, one of the, the pastor's wives that I grew up under uh, was a perfect lady. And she um, she was very loving and very kind. A, a perfect lady. She, know, she carried herself very regally. Yes, I know that nobody nobody's perfect, but she worked very hard to be supportive and loving and a good example. Uh, she worked very hard to do that. And there's a story that was told about her. Um, being in the South, a lot of the smaller churches in the area I was in, we would, in some of the larger churches, we would join together for something called a singing, uh, which means you get together and you just have worship music and everybody sings and we called it a singing. So we're, we're having a singing. And uh, a, a group of her family um, would sing a lot in these and they were sitting, they were sitting, um, and she was on the front row, and they're at this smaller church, and uh, she was a natural musician. She had played uh, the, the, what's this thing, the accordion from, I think, age eight, and then the organ, and, and the, and the organ, repeat. and the piano, and multiple other instruments. You could tell her, I'm going to sing this song in this key, and you started singing, and she just played it like she'd been playing it her whole life. Um, she's a phenomenal musician, and a group got up to sing and one person was singing in one key. And now that I've received this third hand, so it could be a little different. One person was singing in one key. One person was singing in a different key. And then whoever was playing was playing in a completely different rhythm than the singers were singing. And the family so member- For all of you non-music people out there, it was a colossal train wreck. And so she did not have the personality that she would laugh at people. I never saw her laugh at anyone, but- Music stuff would really strike her as funny. And my friend, who was a family member of hers, said that they were sitting behind her and she started going, ah! and her shoulders would shake. And then she'd go, ah! and her shoulders would shake. And it got so bad and so uncontrollable that she couldn't control it. So she just laid down in the front row. They said she just covered her mouth and just laid over, like almost like a faint, just laid out on the front row until she could get herself, you know, and it's just like almost probably just shaking all over. She was laughing so hard until she could get herself under control. And then she sat back up. <laughs> but they said they could hear her instead of laughing. She was just going. And that was one of their favorite stories. And it became one of my favorite stories to show that there are times where things strike us as funny. And we're not laughing at the person, but it could be perceived that way. So in an effort to not do any harm, she she just rather would embarrass herself. She just laid on the pew until she got past it. But that's one of my favorite stories because we all have times where situations really strike us as funny. But if we laugh out loud or, or fall out, um, and I say fall out because when I laugh really hard, I either have to sit down or I fall down because my legs go limp. So I want to say fall out. If we're going to fall out, um, we want to do things to kind of protect others around us. But laughter is a, is a gift from God. I mean, it is a true gift from God that 
and we have to plan for it, especially in a world with so much stress and, and pain and conflict. We have to make sure that we have laughter and things that will make us laugh in our, on our planner if we have to, on our daily schedule. And it's important to laugh with our children. You know, we'll make a lot of mistakes as parents. But when you laugh with people, you make a connection, a very strong connection. So let's say you feel like a bad parent, or maybe you're a single parent, or maybe you're a parent that doesn't get to spend as much time with your child as you wish, and you want to make the moments matter. It's not how much money you spend. It's not how much, you, maybe it's not your child, maybe it's just a family member, or even a parent you have a rough relationship with. If you want to make some connection, find something to laugh about with them. It'll create good memories. It'll create good feelings of relationship that you spending thousands of dollars to take them to Disneyland that you don't have couldn't could probably wouldn't do because Disneyland's pretty stressful. You have to laugh a lot to make up for all the stress of Disneyland. So instead of instead of breaking the bank, find ways to laugh with your kids. Be silly. They'll remember that, or your other family members, and they'll look back on that with more fondness than they will even things that were really expensive. Yeah. All right, Joyce, just curious, did any other comments or questions come in? Yes, yeah, so two more came in. Um, so Rachel. Okay. We probably have time for one more. So one more? It, Joyce, which one? Okay. Yeah. What is your funniest memory of our wonderful senior pastor, Stephen? <laughs> oh my, I have so many. Um, I love Stephen very much <laughs> and I test him and he tests me. So we're probably really good for each other. Um, but my funniest memory, you've caught me off guard. I have his face. There was something that I did that shocked him horribly. And he did his laugh where he goes, <gasps> and he laughed at the same time, but I can't remember what it was. Um, but we've had a lot of laughter, I will say, and, and a lot of tears, but I will say, um, Stephen doesn't like a lot of salt on his food. And so when he would come visit us in St. Louis and he would stay, he would, wasn't visiting us. He was visiting the school and he would stay with us. He was the academic dean at the school. And at the time we owned a home that was in the subdivision directly across the street from the school. So we have a longstanding friendship with him ever since we were students. Rachel and I both took classes from him. So he would, here, here we are, older students, and he had the choice that he could go eat in the cafeteria for dinner after teaching classes, or he could walk down the street and join us for dinner. So he would come over and Rachel would cook, but he constantly teased her that she seasoned her food too much. It was too salty, so which is have, my fault because I don't have other, a strong sense of taste. So she cooks for my preferences. So we had some other professors over and Stephen was, and I've always been very blunt with each other and I made a, a really nice meal and I did these green beans that I knew he liked a certain way that I made green beans but I salted them pretty heavy <laughs> seasoned them and I'm sitting there and he took a bite and he, he goes ah! <laughs> are you trying very to cool you composed. know which is blood pressure and of course the other people there are just like ah! you know they cannot believe he would say that about my food and of course I'm laughing I'm like, you know, is that salty enough for you, buddy? Because the time he had been there before, he had complained that I salted my green beans too much. So this time I added a little extra. So she added extra salt the next time. And, 
but um, but but it's not. There's laughter where you're pickling each other, and then there's good memories that make you smile and warm and fuzzy. And I would say, probably the moments where I, I'll have to choose my words carefully, where I knew that I loved Stephen Beardsley as my brother in Christ, not like my husband, but where I loved Stephen Beardsley as a friend. Um, he was in our home and my parents came to visit and we hadn't known him very long. And he came upstairs because he was in the basement. He came upstairs barefooted in a wrinkled t-shirt, which I call his underwear, his wrinkled white t-shirt and his black sweatpants. Um, that look this like is a, Dr. Beardsley, the academic dean. Did they look like they were all- where I am a student. No, they were Clarence. These weren't his nice black pants. These were his Clarence sweatpants. Um, and he's meeting my parents and he comes up and he sits which cross-legged, crisscross applesauce in, um, in the red chair, the same red chair I'm sitting in right now, one of these chairs. And he's just, you know, all slumped over and talking. And that's a happy memory for me because I knew that he got, drove me crazy but what I saw was what I got. He was real and he was honest and I could be real and I could be honest with him. And that's a happy memory. It makes me laugh. I think of him. I mean, he was just, he hadn't showered. He was all askew. He was supposed to be leaving that day because his flight got messed up. And so he flew in and he, my parents flew in. So they, they're crossed and he had never met my parents. And that's how he introduced himself. And, um, and that's when I was like, really like this guy. Because uh, for all of his warts, he's a really, he's real and I love him. And, uh, and that's a happy memory. So every memory doesn't make us laugh out loud, but it makes me, it makes me giggle and snicker. Um, so anyway, I know the whole church knows that we go nose to nose, but we do have our happy moments as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we've reached the top of the hour and it's just a couple minutes past eight o'clock here. And so if you are still with us tonight in our live broadcast, we want to thank you once again for joining us. Don't forget to visit our website at newarkupc.info. And on that website, you can find information about our online small groups that meet every week during this continued COVID-19 crisis. You can submit prayer requests, baptism requests. You can partner with us in giving. You can watch our broadcasts either on Facebook or on YouTube. They're live every night. Well, not live. Some of them are pre-recorded, but they, are, they air every night, I should say, at 7 p.m. Tuesday through Sunday. And so if you have not connected with us before, we encourage you to do that. And for those of you who are used to joining our live broadcast, we thank you for joining. And we will be live again this Friday night with Meg and Arash, and they will have a friend with them. And so I don't want to spoil that. You'll have to see what happens. But until then, thank you, Newark, for joining us. And to all of you out there, you have 